De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss why sales needs fewer leads. Joining us is Jordan Crawford, who is the CEO at Blueprint, which helps B2B companies build go-to-market systems by pain, not persona. They download your customer's buying contacts, score your entire TAM by pain, and then build automated outbound email sequences that get 5 to 33% positive reply rates. Blueprint eliminates the need for your sales team to ever research a company again or figure out what to say to them. Okay, and today, Jordan and I are going to discuss more leads by serving fewer customers. Okay, here's my conversation with Jordan Crawford, the CEO at Blueprint. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. I have to clarify, though, because you started with saying fewer leads. I want to give you more leads by serving fewer accounts, <laughs> fewer like a segment. So I just want to I don't want to you know, I don't want to. That's a that's a war. That's a war cry to SDRs, fewer leads. Yeah. But, you know, end of the day, Jordan, <laughs> what we're talking about is better quality leads, right? Because we've got better targeting. But, you know, hey, I'm the podcast host. But stop telling me what to do, Jordan. Stop telling me what to do, because I got to tell you. <laughs> I'm trying to hook people into this conversation by saying fewer leads. You're, you're killing me, man. All right. So, Jordan, okay. all kidding aside, okay. talk to me how this works. Yeah. So, I think that the challenge here is that most companies don't really understand their customers and they don't understand the pain they have. And certainly sales teams don't because how this works is you hire a salesperson and then you say, welcome to the company. Your quota time starts now. In three days, I expect leads. And, you know, usually if it's the founder hiring, they don't provide any context. Who is our market? What problems do our customers have? How many segments do we have? What's our ICP? What's our buyer persona? They don't do any of that work. And so the best that a sales rep can do is like, hey, Doug, I see you got that great microphone. Do you want to buy my SaaS tool? (laughs) And it's like, you know, this doesn't inspire anyone to reply, right? And This really is an effort that the salespeople feel the tip of the spear, but it's really a problem across the entire organization. And so if an organization has a framework with which to say no to certain segments, certain buyer personas, they can get absolutely amazing at figuring out who can they provide sort of a 10x value to. And help me understand this idea of selling to the pain. Like as a marketer, I can conceive of this idea, but I think there's something more profound and deeper to this idea of selling to the pain. Well, let me first talk about understanding the pain first, because 
you know, I was having a conversation with some marketers at a company that I looked at their number of employees and I looked at their solutions and personas page, right? They said for these people that are like these people and they had like 80 different combinations, you know, they had 12 different products and four different buyer personas and you did the math on their page. And, and I looked at the number of employees they had, and I was like, I hope that they have 30,000 employees if they're selling this many <laughs> solutions. And it's like six people. There's like six people at that company permutation. So that means that there's like one person sales, one person marketing, one product person that has to figure this out, right? And it's an unreasonable ask to, to go to a marketing team. And, and that's when you see sentences like, we're the big cloud data provider solution for you know, for, for companies that use electricity, right? It's like, that's everyone. I wrote that copy. I wrote that copy (laughs) killing me. Well, you know, it's, if, if I read a headline and I have no clue what the company does, I'm like, either they're worth billions of dollars or they haven't figured out go to market. It's one of the two. It's not in between. All right. So how do you get them over the Rubicon to understanding their customers? I understand this idea of marketers making things overly complex. We're really good at that. We're really good at that. So how do you help them be simple? Yeah. So you first need a framework to understand which of your segments is really getting the most value out of your service, right? Because this is the kind of trick with the difference between inbound versus outbound. In inbound, if someone comes to you and they say, I have a big check, I would like to give it to you, where, you know, Visa or MasterCard, like, where should I sign? Where do you sign? Um, uh, As a company, you'd be foolish not to be like, well, here you go, right? (laughs) Outbound is different because in outbound, you have to, the quality bar is so, so, so much higher, right? Because you have to know who you're talking to. You have to come to them with kind of this challenger sale mentality of like some, unique proposition where I know your business better than you do. And so just let me ask you this question, Doug, like how many cold emails have you got in the last month and how many have you replied to? I'm going to get the number wrong, Jordan, but I'm going to tell you, I get roughly 60 to 70 cold emails a day, right? So we can do the math there. I'm in marketing and do math really well. I think that equals a trillion. And then I can tell you that I've responded to, let me do the counting zero. (laughs) Yeah. So that's because a there's a lot of noise right so to break through that noise i have to say something extra spectacular about something that you care about now so if your board comes to you and says that you know you need to fix this attribution problem with facebook this is like absolutely our biggest priority and that's what you're thinking about and i could know that and there's a variety of ways that i might be able to determine that problem and i come to you with that message you're much more likely to reply if I can diagnose that problem and describe that problem back to you and say, hey, you know, we've seen other people that are kind of in your same shoes that have this exact problem. Do you want to chat? You're like, yeah, I'm struggling here. And so sometimes this pain is explicit. If people say it in things like their job descriptions, you can tell it in their website. Sometimes this pain is something that they might know about or something they, sorry, they might not know about is so implicit versus explicit pain if I can detect it and I know they're doing something wrong. And a good example of this is like when we look through job descriptions and we say we find companies that are hiring sales reps and it says, build your own leads list. I'm like, no, I know because I've been in the industry that that is an inefficient use of time for an SDR or like write messaging. That's also an inefficient use of time for an SDR. So I can bring some insights to that business about what I know about my market to that company. But to do this well, you have to know your customers and the more segments and personas that you have mixed up in here, the harder it becomes. 
But how do we scale this, Jordan? I'm really curious because you're talking about really good marketing at the end of the day, right? You're talking about having an understanding of the ideal customer profile as a start, and then having a deep understanding of what the pain is related to those ICPs. But you're not abstracting it. It's not this concept, right? It's this idea that we should be able to do this hunting you're talking about. And I love this idea of a job description. And I'm going to steal this from you, Jordan, just so you know. I love this idea of prospecting by showing up on a company's website and looking at what their priorities are. That's brilliant, frankly. However, I don't have the time, right? So how do I scale this? What do I do? Yeah, so this is literally what my company does because the problem is that your very best SDRs are very hard to scale because they have these mental models in their head and they are doing this work right now. They're pulling up a company's website. They're looking through their recent job descriptions. They're looking at the LinkedIn Insights tab. They're looking where they last worked and what their last company was doing. They can see that stuff and they're doing this randomly. They're not even picking, you know, the accounts or maybe some marketer says, here's 50,000 accounts that you should watch. And if you just happen to see one, you know, spend time. And the problem with this is that they're going to look at 10 criteria and the ninth one might be disqualifying criteria where it's like, oh, they already have one of our competitors. You're still going to send the message because you've already spent all this effort to do that research. You're like, ah, maybe I'll try it anyways. So the question really is, how can you take what's in the SDR's mind and scale it? And so the ways that we do this are sometimes we look for these kind of evergreen playbooks, these playbooks that kind of work across industries. And one example of this is job changers. So if you, for example, know someone that was a net promoter of your company that was just really into it, you can watch if they change jobs and then go approach them and say, hey, remember when you deployed us at this company and you're, you, it seems like you kind of have the same problems at these companies. So there's a couple of evergreen plays like this, but for non-evergreen plays, there's two sort of scalable domain level data sources that we really care about here. The first is what's happening on their website. And so this goes beyond technologies with tools like Built With to say, okay, well, I can tell that they're using Drift for their chat. That doesn't really tell me a lot. But what we can do is we can go in and look at their culture page and say, do they talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? So I know that they're going to be amenable to those types of solutions. We can get sort of even one layer deep and we can look at their like for one of our clients, we're looking at the sign-in page and we can tell on that sign-in page if they're doing things that are actually illegal, where court cases have struck down certain ways that they're implementing that sign-in page for like user agreements, right? So that is the kind of granularity that we can get on their website. And then the job descriptions, we don't just look at titles. We don't just look at organizations over 100 employees between 1000 employees like that stuff is fine but we look for keywords in job descriptions words like set up marketing analytics right so i can take that information and because i've scored all of the domains in your tam i can say they're talking about setting up marketing analytics and they also have just a bare bones marketing stack i can take those two things and say aha these two things together mean that they are on the precipice of needing heap pendo mix panel etc and so, Jordan, the, the term I want to use here is you're creating hacks, right? And you're serving up heuristics, right? What are the new simple metrics or simple indicators that can help me understand whether to target a customer? Yeah, that's heuristics is probably a better word than hacks. And this is not exactly what's in the SDR's mind because the SDR can't map this to the market, which is the problem. So it's like there may be a really, really painful indicator that the SDR is like, oh my gosh, Doug, if they're doing this one thing, I know it's bad. 
but there may be 10 companies that are doing that thing, but there might be 10,000 that are doing a small variant of that, right? And so what this looks like really is being able to dance with the data and go, you know, we have 500,000 jobs in our database, so we can go query it. And so we had a customer that they talked about contact scoring. They're like, we help you with contact scoring. Um, uh, and we looked in the data and it's like, not a single person is hiring for anyone that says you're responsible for contact scoring. So maybe you should think about explaining what you do in a different way. That's amazing, right? You know, you've got product market fit, but what you're basically saying is you're describing your products in a way that's not going to get uptick in the marketplace. That's right. So I just want to take a pause and acknowledge that that's a big deal. Thanks. But how does this serve? Like, how am I getting this information? Am I getting an email from you every day, Jordan, going, hey, look at this stuff you guys should be looking at? Am I dealing with an interface? And then what does setup look like? So I've got a compound question. The first thing is, how am I getting this information and making it actionable? And we'll start there. Yeah, so this is a challenge because this takes a village. There's a lot of data that exists in the market. You know, it's like you can download similar web data, but the problem is that you can't hand that to even an SDR manager and they won't know what to do with it. And what happens is when you ask a single person to do this, that what comes off is like, hey, Doug, I saw you just raise money. I like money. Can I have your money? That's the best version of this that like, <laughs> you know, if you've ever raised money, you get a bunch of messages like that. So this does take a village. And the first part is you do really have to understand what is the thing that your customer, what is the problem? What is the job to be done that they're trying to solve? And then look for that job to be done. And this is weirdly enough, we have worked with some pretty advanced companies that don't know the answer to this. And so teasing that out is the hardest part. But then once you do that, you really just have to have an understanding about how might I find indications that this company needs that job to be done? So you talk about operationalization. And first, you need to be able to go get the data. Then you have to be able to make sense of it like and put this into kind of categories. Then you need to go find the leads that are associated. So we have providers that will help us with the dancing of the data where we can work with them and say, ask the question in a different way. They will provide that information back to us and in little copy chunks so we can describe that problem back uniquely to every domain. And then we'll work with a contact provider to say, go pull this lead list here, like with these exceptions, with these personas, connect into the CRM, say not these accounts. And then all we do is we will basically pull a leads list of 200 to 500 accounts and send a two to three email sequence. And all we're looking to do is to say, did we get it right? So if we send that email and we hear back crickets, we know that some part of our approaches is wrong. So we don't scale it. Great. A lot to unpack here, Jordan, but I have to say I'm intrigued. And if I'm intrigued, sort of the cynic, I'm sort of the grumpy guy, right? I'm intrigued. So help my audience understand, where would you start with a service like this? Yeah. So if I'm an SDR and I'm going to put my shoes in front of the most uh, underappreciated sort of resource in a company is the SDRs here. The first thing I would do is I would go look at your, your company's own case studies page and go pull out quotes. Start to see what people say when they say, when we were transitioning to Genesis Cloud, right? So they're going to say some weird things that's probably not even aligned with your marketing, right? And then the places that I would start to look are 
go pull up their website, see what their pricing looks like, see how they talk about themselves. Like, do they mention security? And is that important to your product? Go pull up their jobs and actually read through their job descriptions. See if you can find indications of what's happening. Use tools like Built With or SimilarWeb to start understanding what does their traffic look like? What is their conversion? What is their marketing mix? One of the best emails that we ever sent, Doug, was we actually looked at some LinkedIn ads and then we looked at the comments on those LinkedIn ads. And then we went to that company's case studies page and said, I noticed that you had Joe Blow from Southern Arizona that runs a business of one comment on your ad. That seems like marketing waste to me. Like you're sending your marketing dollars to people that could never buy your service in the first place. And so this type of insight comes from listening to your customers from like, just listening and you're going to hear them talk about things and where that will bubble up is in their jobs data on the insights page on LinkedIn on built with, with similar web data on their careers page. When they talk about who they are and what they believe in, that's where this information is going to bubble up. And you just need to be able to understand your customers and tie that in with other types of people that seem to match those patterns. And before we sign off today, Jordan, I think there's a lot of folks listening in at this point that understand this idea of an uh, ideal customer profile. It's a great starting point. Is there an ICP methodology you typically gravitate towards and would recommend people take a look at? There's the Gartner model. There's the crossing the chasm model. Or does it just not matter? Just start the process. Start understanding your customers. Well, there's a difference between doing the micro level and then doing the macro level. So at the micro level, an SDR just has to survive for the next month, right? And so that's what we've been, been talking about. But at the macro level, we actually think that tools like Zoom Info and Apollo, those are just starting points. They just don't have good enough data to know if this person is in your ICP. And you need a heuristic. And that heuristic is like, great, good, bad, which is fine. And then you need to go and you can do this with outsourcers too, but you need a model that when you look at a company holistically across all the things that they are doing, that you can say, this is good for that reason. This is okay for that reason. And this is bad for that reason. And even in the very worst case, you can get outsourcers to go score that for you. And like one of our clients, we did this, we looked at 160,000 domains. There were 10,000 amazing domains in there. And then there are sort of universe. So I have now said, don't focus on this 90% of the market because they don't even have the problem that you are talking about. So before you can get to the place of scale, this notion of an ICP is not a list from Zoom Info. It's like, if you did it manually, what would you ask for? And then reversing into scaling it from there. That's a great recommendation. But I'm also hearing another term here that I think I want to drill into just a bit more, which is this idea of a micro ICP. On some level, that's like saying that a territory manager or an SDR can own their ICP, if you will. And maybe that's a hack or a shortcut to better results as opposed to waiting for my marketing or my products team to come back and be like, hey, follow the Gartner model. It took me six months. Here we are with our ICP, starting really from the ground up. Well, if you're an SDR and you have a little bit of budget, the way that I would do this is like, I was chatting with this company that will sell off excess inventory for gigantic public companies. So Shell has a huge warehouse of crane parts that they, you know, they haven't used. And interestingly enough, when they file some of their public SEC reports, they talk about this stuff, right? So if you find it once and you can record your screen, like look for this, you can send an outsourcer to 10,000 public companies and be like, click, click, click click. If you find this, just say yes and like grab the sentence. 
You don't need an ICP for that. You don't need to spend a lot of time doing that, but you need to manually find it once and then look for it 5, 10, 20 times. And you can send an outsourcer to go find it for a bunch of other companies. And suddenly at, you know, with four or five, 10 bucks an hour, you have outsourced someone to save you 90% of your job's time. And while you sleep, they're telling you they're qualified or not and what to say to those people. You know, it's funny, Jordan, I'm really, really in the market right now for crane parts. So if we could offline, you could tell me who that is. That would be really lovely. Fascinating conversation, Jordan. I've learned a lot from it. Would you come back tomorrow and talk to us a bit more about scoring tan by pain? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll think about it. You'll think about it. You'll think about it. No, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd like to announce now that Jordan is no longer going to be a guest. So, all right, Jordan. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here with us today. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Jordan Crawford, CEO at Blueprint, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Jordan and I are going to talk about scoring your tan by pain. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Jordan, you can find a link in his LinkedIn profile. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website at blueprintgotomarket.com. That's blueprintgtm.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, shame on you. Head over to therevgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. And we'll be back in your feed on the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.